Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I'm going to speak to you this morning, and my title is With All My Heart. It's a really simple talk. I'm not wanting to patronise you. I'm wanting to remind you of some stuff that you might already know. Or maybe you don't. I'm going to be speaking today from a short passage that shows us God's plan for our hearts. And it's God's plan for your heart today. Whether you know him really well, whether you've been a Christian for 99 years, or whether you don't know him yet, this is God's plan for your heart. And I hope it's a really comforting message Sometimes we come to church and we're incredibly challenged, aren't we? And sometimes we come to church and and we hear something and we're like, I have to do that. And other times we come and God speaks a comforting message. I think today I'm hoping for a bit of comfort and a bit of challenge. Ranjit, can we have the, the next slide? Now you can't see what's inside an orange until it's squeezed. If you put some stress and some pressure on that orange, you'll see what comes out of it. And it's the same with us. You know, when life squeezes us, what comes out? What comes out of us has the ability to do some people good or maybe not so much good. Some of us might be reckless about what we put into our hearts. And so when life squeezes us, Some crazy stuff comes out. Others of us feed on truth all the time. So when life squeezes us, guess what comes out? Years ago, my dad was at the doctor and he was having one of those routine heart tests. You know, the ones where you have to get on a treadmill? He was on one of those and um, he did that in the morning. And he went into that test feeling, as far as he knew, completely healthy. He was an apparently fit and active man. He was a teacher in a school, and as part of his teaching, he taught sport. But hours later, he was being prepped for emergency surgery. Whilst there were no outward signs of his illness, it was all hidden. He needed a triple bypass. And it was absolutely miraculous that the person spotted it on the day that he needed it. Otherwise, he wouldn't be here now. Like my dad, we find out how strong our hearts are when they're put under pressure. We find out how strong we are physically when we're tested. And I think we find out how strong we are emotionally when stress comes too. We find out how strong our hearts are spiritually when battles arrive. There's a kind of joke that says, before you marry someone, see what they're like with slow internet first, you know? (laughs) See what they're like when things go wrong. See what they're like when the online shop gets messed up and they get someone else's beetroot. See how patient they are then. See what they're like when the train's delayed. See what they're like when the person that they've prayed for doesn't get healed. Some of you will know what it's like to find out how weak you are 
under stress. And that's not a nice thing. I'm in that camp. I know how weak I am because I, I was put under a lot of stress recently. Well, a few years ago now. I was really disappointed in me. I didn't do that great. And like me, some of you will have learnt those hard lessons at times when things have gone badly for you. Perhaps your business dived, or your health deteriorated, or your family divided. Maybe something you planned didn't quite go the way you hoped. And that put pressure on. And maybe you didn't handle it that well, because you got squeezed. But what came out wasn't that life-giving, lovely juice, it was just bitter. All of us go through things that put us under stress, and maybe this morning you're reeling from a recent event in your family, or in your life, or in somebody else's that you love. Or perhaps you, you're dealing this morning with an old situation that you just can't shake off. You're wondering if you're strong enough to cope and get past it. Well, I've got some great news for you. Because my passage this morning is super short, but it's pretty amazing. And it's, if we take it seriously today, I think it's a bit of a line in the sand kind of day. So we're going to read together this very short verse from 2 Chronicles 16, which was spoken by one of the seers, one of the prophets of the Lord. Let's read it together, shall we? The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Now, I'm not going to be rude to you, but you didn't read that in a way that made me feel you kind of believed it. So we're going to do that again with feeling. And I want you to, those of you who do believe this, say it like you mean it, because this is about you. And if you don't believe it, let's hope you sit sitting next to somebody else who does, who can breathe some belief into you. Let's say that again from our heart, shall we? The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Thank you, that was better. I'll give you an eight out of 10 for that. I want to unpack that a little bit. I used to have a job where I taught people to sing together. And one of the first lessons I had to teach was that eye contact. Because I knew that if I didn't have the eye contact of the people I was singing with, I didn't know if they were listening to me or not. And it's the same with God. He's constantly looking for eye contact to check we're listening to him. Maybe as a parent, you know what it's like. You're like, are you listening to me? And what you mean by that is you're not looking at me. You're looking over there. Listen to me. God's not quite that scary. <laughs> Fortunately, he's not quite like me. But this verse tells us that the eyes of the Lord are looking. So what about you? Where are your eyes today? Are you looking up or down? What are your eyes looking at? It's so easy, perhaps especially this week, to be distracted by the news, isn't it? It's really easy to look at the strength of the pound and not the strength of the person who owns the pounds. It's easy to look at the bank balance rather than the person who holds everything in balance. It's easy to look at the income rather than the provider of the income. And are you looking at your weakness rather than your source of strength, if you're really honest? 
Are you looking at your lack rather than at the God of plenty? Are you looking at the problem or the problem solver? Where are your eyes today? You see, what we look at determines how strong or how weak we are. Let me put it another way. We become weaker if we focus on our weakness. If we sit in a place of fear or insecurity for too long without looking up, we can start to believe our own bad press. I'm not saying I want you to deny the things that are going on for you that are hard, but I'm asking you to change your focus and look up. When we look up, we see a God who says, I know what you're going through. This isn't a surprise to me, and I have it covered. You see, that verse says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. He's scanning the earth right now to see what you're looking at, to see where your focus is. He's looking at your demeanour. He's checking what you're checking on your phone. He cares about your every move. One of the challenges of our generation is screen time. It's become our way to communicate, to play, to work, to learn, to lobby, to politicise, to bully, to encourage. It's kind of become everything. It's our platform for so many things and many of us are addicted to our screens. We can't imagine life without phones or iPads or sat-navs or laptops or Wi-Fi or stuff that people hadn't even heard of 10 years ago. I'm a very unpopular mummy at times because like many of you, I'm sure I ration the screen time in my home. And I suggest things other than screen time as ways to do all of those things. Because I have a face. And my kids have got a face and I want to look at that face. I want to strengthen FaceTime, not that virtual FaceTime that we can get when we can call somebody and, and look at what they're wearing, but the kind that says I can feel your breath. The kind that says I can see your eyes I can hold a conversation with you and I know how you're doing. And that's part of the reason, as Daniel said earlier, that we want you to get into grow groups if you're not. Because we want face-to-face -face time with you. We want that precious time with you in the week where you can hang out with us and we can hang out with you. And it's also the reason that I started at a women's lunch last month. Because I felt that I wanted to look at you for a bit longer. I wanted some time where we could just sit with each other and hang out, not on a Facebook page or a WhatsApp feed, as good as those things can be. Because at times, I think social media could be renamed anti-social media. Because it makes us isolated, not integrated. It keeps us on our little tiny screens when actually we could be doing so much more for one another and for God. So God is looking for FaceTime with you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm about to FaceTime someone, I'm just going to be really honest here, I do my hair first. Anyone else? Yeah? I sit in the tidiest corner of my house, which is often very small. Then I aim for the most aesthetic backdrop. That's not what I'm talking about with God. He, he's not interested in you dialing in and putting on your best face and making sure that your lipstick's all good. He's not interested in you kind of showing him the tidy corner of your house or trying to kind of hold the phone up so you can't see all the chins. <laughs> Just me? No? Okay. He's not impressed by our efforts to put on a show because he sees our hearts. 
And as I was saying earlier about my dad, you know, I believe that was a real miracle for him that day. But God just didn't see what my dad needed physically that day. He knew what was going on mentally and physically, and God knows that for each of us. He sees the times that we're near to tears or hysterically laughing. He knows the condition of our hearts right now, whether it's healthy or whether there's some stuff that maybe you've allowed to build up, maybe some resentment that's lying in there for another person or a situation. He knows if we're feeling weighed down and heavy-hearted today. And his desire, as we read in that verse earlier, is to strengthen us, to give us hope, resolve, joy, and peace. I'm up for a bit of that. God knows the secrets of our hearts, and I find that incredibly comforting because he knows what I'm scared of. He knows what I'm going to say. And the Bible tells us this in um, Psalm 139. It says, Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. I find that incredible that God knows what I'm about to say right now and what I will say in 12 years' time and what I did say when I was 12. His eyes are looking for my heart. They're looking through the earth, ranging, and that means at different levels, at different times, across political divides, across the centuries, across the miles. God's eyes are searching. 1 Peter 3.12 says this, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. Now, I don't know if this is a sign of my age, but sometimes I forget what I'm doing. Anyone else? So sometimes a sign of getting older, I think, is going upstairs, all busy, getting there and going, oh, I can't remember why I'm here. What, 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 what was I about to do? <laughs> And and I've sometimes done that with the shopping as well. I've written myself a list and then I've got to the shop, totally forgotten I'd written the list, gone home and not got anything on the list. But you know what? God never, ever does that. He never goes upstairs in heaven and goes, oh, where are my keys? Oh, who was I blessing? Oh, I can't remember. We, We do that, don't we? We forget what we're doing, even when we're kind of writing it down. We're so flawed. But God doesn't ever forget what he's looking for. He doesn't, He just doesn't do that. He's actually looking for us relentlessly and every day. It's on his to-do list. Look for Becky. Look for Andy. Look for Rob. And what's more amazing is he knows where to find you. Um, Sam, can you just pass me the ball, please? Thanks. When my son Sam here was two, um, he's a bit older now, he he was taken out for a walk by a lady who came to help me when our twins were born. She took him to a local park, but she came back very shortly afterwards without him. That's not great, is it? (laughs) She'd been sent by Maidstone Council to help me because I'd had twins, and she came back without my son. I said, where's Sam, Polly? (laughs) And she said, with a very white face, I don't know. I've lost him. And she burst into tears. She said he kicked his ball into the bushes and he never came out. And I went in after him, but he wasn't there. And I've looked for him for 10 whole minutes and now I'm back here. So imagine me in that moment. And then she got in the car and drove away. (laughs) 
So I'm standing there, I've got two babies crying upstairs, I've got no shoes on, and I don't know where my two-year-old boy is. So I grab my phone, and I run with no shoes on round to the park, shouting to the girl, fortunately I had a friend with me, and I shouted to her, you're in charge of the babies, they've lost Sam. And then I, I just slammed the door. This is the most horrendous situation. I got there, and there was no sign of Sam. There was a very drunk man. There was a lady hobbling around with a small yappy dog. But there was no Sam. So I rang 999 on my Nokia, whatever, the old brick phone. It was like that, carrying it around. And they sent me a brand new community officer who happened to be passing. So he came very quickly. And he asked me for a description of Sam. Now, you would think that I knew what my son looked like. You would think that I would be able to give a comprehensive description of a two-year-old boy. But I couldn't say anything. I'm not a panicker normally. I'm normally pretty sane and calm in crisis mode, but not that day. I was in such a panic and I could hardly speak. So I rang my husband and I said, do you remember what Sam looks like? And he was like, yes, <laughs> why? And then I quickly kind of garbled this horrendous message of I haven't got any shoes on and I'm in the park. And, there's... and I was just kind of screeching at him and he was going, Ems, calm down, calm down. It's okay, just tell me what's happened. I said, speak to the policeman. <laughs> so poor John, poor John then describes very sanely what Sam was wearing because he dressed him that morning. And uh, the policeman kind of said, you stay here, I'm going to go and look for Sam. Now, my way of dealing with this situation was, in my mind, incredibly rational. I fell to my knees and screamed. And I screamed my son's name over and over and over again. I was totally useless. You see, I knew what I was looking for, but I didn't know where to look. And the drunk guy came over and started to chat to me. And the lady with the yappy dog who just had a hip replacement and wasn't very steady on her feet came over. And they both agreed to help. Brilliant. <laughs> it's all right, love, the drunk guy said. And he leant into me and this horrible, unwelcome smell of booze kind of came over me. He said, I ain't going to help you find him. I know where he is. I'm going to go. And he walked very sort of bizarrely over here and then he went like this and went in the totally opposite direction and then I had this really sweet lady with the hip replacement and slightly wobbly and she said don't worry I'll, I'll help you find Sam and then she patted me on the head <laughs> because remember I'm kneeling at this point screaming like a girl so I thought to myself, brilliant, I've got a distraught woman in a car, a drunk on foot, a lady with a hip replacement who can walk about two miles a fortnight with a yappy dog, a brand new community officer who doesn't know the area, and I've left my twins with a 16-year-old Swiss girl who doesn't speak English. <laughs> this is not a great day for me. And I just cried out to God, and then I ran round the park and looked in every single bush. And of course I couldn't see Sam. The policeman came back to say that there'd been a sighting of a man with a small boy in a nearby orchard. And he was going to check it out. And I thought I was going to throw up. And I cried again. Later, Sam was found in another park in the middle of a housing estate round the corner. 
He just wanted to see if he could get there on his own. But then he hadn't known how to get back. Can I have the ball again? I think that we can be very like that. You see, like Sam, some of us have kicked our ball away. We've run away from God or from other people and we've tried to see if we can get somewhere on our own. But actually now we feel pretty lost. You see, it started off being fun, but now not so much. Or maybe we don't feel lost, but we've lost something along the way. Maybe we've lost our home or we've lost our peace or we've lost our job or our financial security. But the great news is, as this short passage tells us, God knows what he's looking for and he knows where it is. He knows where to find you. And you can stay where you are and you can say, God, come and get me. And he will. Some of you need to say that today. You just need to say, God, come and get me, please. Do you remember back in the the Garden of Eden in Genesis where we have Adam and Eve hiding from God after they've eaten from the, the, the fruit? And God asks them a simple question. Do you remember what he says to them? He says, where are you? It's not because he doesn't know where they are. It's because they don't know where they are. They didn't know until that point that they were lost and separated from him. Just like my Sam, bless him, didn't know. I have forgiven you, by the way. It's totally fine. (laughs) And I also, just for the record, the lady who was from Maidstone Council came to me and she said, I'm going to lose my job over this, aren't I? And I said, do you know what? My son was lost and now he's found. And there's a bit in the Bible about that. So no, you're not going to lose your job, but please never do it again. (laughs) But it could have happened to my mum, it could have happened to anybody, couldn't it? God is looking for FaceTime with us. Hebrews 12.2 in the message is a beautiful version of this verse, and it says this, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God. See, Jesus didn't lose eye contact with the Father, and we shouldn't either, because that's where we belong. God's role in the verse today is really interesting. Let's look at that verse again. He isn't just looking for us, but he wants to strengthen us. Notice, it doesn't say God's going to strengthen our plans or our muscles or our wills, or our hearts, sorry, or our minds, or our investments, or our families. But he wants to strengthen our hearts. Why is that? Well, because God knows that our hearts are the wellspring of life. All our decisions start in our hearts. If we want to lose weight, that starts in our hearts. If we want to change a habit, that starts in our hearts. All life begins in the heart. So who is God out to strengthen? Well, this verse makes it clear. It's those who are fully committed to him. I read something that made me really sad recently, and it was um, somebody had written a prenuptial agreement. Do you know what one of those is? So when people get married, um, 
and they kind of have a get out clause. So it's like, I want to marry you, but it probably won't last. So let's just kind of, you decide to keep the poodle and the Porsche, you know, and I'll have this and that. I just thought that's really sad that people go into relationship expecting it to fail, expecting to go wrong. And we've seen recently some of the Hollywood marriages, um, you know, they're, they're just ridiculously short, shorter than me. God once told me something very simple. He said, Ems, I want you to lean on me so hard that if I moved, you would fall down. I want you to lean on me so hard that if I moved, you would fall down, leaning on God. I don't want to have a a kind of relationship with God that has a get-out clause. I want to be fully committed. And it's a lifetime promise that I made when I was four, and I came back to God again when I was 15. But when I was four, I remember kneeling down next to my mum and dad's bed that had one of those um, crocheted bedspreads with loads of holes in it. And I remember putting my fingers in the holes and saying to Jesus at the age of four, I want you to be my friend and live with me forever. And it's a covenant lifetime promise. Now, some of us have made that promise to Jesus, but we've kind of kicked the ball away. And we've run in after it, and then we're lost now. But the great news is that God takes us back no matter how many times we kick the ball away. And others of you may have never spoken out that promise before. And I'm going to give you a chance to do that later today. You see, God knows what you're thinking right now. He knows if you're like, well, I wish this woman would hurry up and shush because the cooked dinner that I've got waiting for me isn't going to eat itself. He knows if you're thinking, help me, I am incredibly dangerously lost. And he knows if you're carrying something hugely heavy and if your heart needs strengthening this morning. Why don't you stand with me? And we're going to respond and see what it is that God might be saying to us this morning. There's a few different ways that we could respond to what we've heard today. Some of us here this morning have got hearts that we wish were stronger right now. We really wish that our hearts were more up for what's going on. But the reality is we feel a bit less than. We feel a bit broken. We feel a bit lost. So if that's you this morning and you need a stronger heart, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. So if that's you this morning and you're saying, God, give me a stronger heart, thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you. People all over this room, You're not on your own. There's people here raising their hands with you. If somebody around you has got their their hand up, maybe you could just gather as we pray for those people now. Father God, we thank you that you are a God who longs to strengthen our hearts. And we pray for all those who say this morning, Lord, strengthen me. Come alongside those people now. Thank you that your word promises to give them all that they need. 
Thank you that you've been looking for them and you've found them this morning and you've committed to giving them the strength of heaven today. Amen. Secondly, perhaps there are those of you this morning who have um, kicked your ball away and you know that you're further from God than you'd like to be. Or maybe you've never, ever said to God, come and find me. So if that's you this morning, if you're somebody who, has, who feels a long way from God and you'd like to come back, could you raise your hand now, please? Thank you. Thank you. Maybe if you've never come to know God before, you've never made a commitment to him, just raise your hand now and let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you are about finding us. You know where we are. And please, will you meet with us, especially those of us who've kicked the ball a long way, and bring us back to you. Amen. And the third thing I wanted us just to remember was, you remember at the beginning we shared communion together. And for some of us, that was a a chaotic moment of trying to get our, our kids some bread and wine. And for some of us, it was a special moment. But I just want you to re remember what it means to share communion. I want you to re remember what it means to be part of a family. Because the, the enemy of our souls loves to isolate us. And he loves to make us feel like we're the only ones who struggle or we're the only ones who can't be great Christians or we're the only ones battling. That's not true. And the Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So let me pray and then I'll hand over to to Andy. Andy, can you play? Jesus, thank you that you offer us a stronger heart. Thank you that we can trade in the weak hearts that we have. That we can trade in the disobedient hearts. We can trade in the the lazy hearts sometimes. And we can come to you and be given a stronger, fully committed heart. And Jesus, this morning, with all my heart, I want to come back to you. If ever I've been away or if ever I've been lost. And I bring my ball back to you and say, Lord, help me play the game you want me to play. Help me be the person you want me to be. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.